to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work. TGIF, it's Friday, March the 4th. We are talking about public transport services under the pandemic. The MTR said it will cut services on eight lines due to a shortage of staff and a sharp drop in patronage. Waiting times for most passengers will be about one to four minutes longer, which doesn't sound like much, but it's Hong Kong. We're a city in a hurry. KMB said 88 bus routes will be suspended starting Friday. They're hurting. More than 2,000 employees have been infected or ordered into quarantine. And what is going to happen after the city starts its mass testing later in the month and even more cases are revealed? You got questions, you got opinions, we, you got them, and we want them. Leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 2338-8266. And we got a couple of great guests to work us through this today. Uh, I'd like to kick off by welcoming this morning Alok Jane, who is the Managing Director, Trans Consult Limited. Good morning, Alok. Welcome back. Good morning, Andrew. Hey, we're also welcoming today Lam Chun Singh, who is the lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions. Lam Chun Singh, good morning. Welcome. Okay, it's coming on a little bit later. Right. So, Alok Jane, you are our bus expert. So uh, we're going to be looking to you to find out what's going on with the buses here. I mean, people depend on these buses to get to work. They kind of take it for granted that there's going to be one every couple of minutes and don't really check schedules all that often. Uh, how badly are Hong Kongers going to be hurt by this? Well, so th- there are two crises that's happening at the moment. And, and obviously, uh, you know, one is an economic crisis where, we, where bus companies are losing money and losing ridership because of the COVID impact. And the second is, of course, a manpower crisis because they don't have enough uh, frontline staff, the drivers, and the, you know, to operate the services. And both, I know it's like a double whammy. And this is really creating a, a situation which is going to cause a long-term damage to the public transport behavior in Hong Kong because I think throughout this period, we have kept the public transport running in the last two and a half years. I mean, while the world was reeling under the pressure of, um, of COVID, but we managed somehow. But now it is really um, putting stress at the seams of Hong Kong's public transport. And, and if we don't step up, our government doesn't allow certain uh, you know, marginal um, approach or certain crisis management approach, then it would be quite hard. And uh, I, think, I think recovery would be much longer. Uh, than what it would be. So it won't just go away immediately. Usually the service recoveries are not immediate, unfortunately. I mean, you know, it it feels like it was worse a couple of years ago when we had the transportation disruptions due to protests. I mean, on those days, you walked out of your flat and you never knew which bus route was open and which one wasn't. Uh, You know, I mean, now are we better equipped to deal with it than we were a couple of years ago? No, in fact, I think it's the other way around. during During those disruptions, the services kept running, and there was a big. Um, the bus companies uh, did not have the shortage of manpower. The buses were there on the standby. Yes, all the services could not run as planned, but there was like a 24/7 at war scale. They were providing whatever they could, and the good part was the train was most of the time. The train was still operating. MTR services were um, running more or less. I mean, there were disruptions on certain entrances, sure. certain uh, stations. 
But in general, there was not a service breakdown on MTR. So this this really helped. And MTRC moves a lot of people. You know, every day about six million people pre-COVID, MTRC was moving in the city. So roughly 50% of the daily passengers, daily journeys in Hong Kong, are actually made on MTR. So it didn't have big big impact. But right now, what is happening? We are seeing stations that so people are panicking. The stations are empty. Uh, the buses are empty. And then we have this. I mean, let's say KMB is cutting 88 routes. I think this is a time where the government needs to bring all the boys to the table and all the operators to the table, and we need to have a coordinated multimodal strategy, which is something we have been talking about for a long, long time, where, you know, we cannot work in silos, where KMB is one silo, new, you know, Bravo bus is another silo, then you have MTRC as another silo. And, and they don't coordinate services among themselves. And I think the time has come where we need to become more citizen-centric and provide these services in a coordinated manner. Do you think? I mean, do you think it's worse now than it was during the protest because it's the staff that are impacted and because it's buses and MTR? Is that what you're saying? Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Andrew. Okay. And so when you've got this double hit, how much notice? Are bus and MTR getting when staff go able, or when staff have to take a sick leave? Do they know like five minutes before the person's supposed to show up? Do they know ten hours, twelve hours, twenty-four hours, um, or are they just finding like they they get up in the morning and they've got five hundred voicemail messages saying, "Hey, po- tested positive, can't show up for yeah, well, today." Both. So some sometimes you know that people are infected and they are in isolation. So you know that there are you know twenty less people turning up this morning, and there are also last minute you know when people come there and they're not feeling well and they say, <clears throat> and most of you know KMB depots for example they have a clinic they have a functioning clinic, and they go and they do the test and then they found, find positive them, themselves positive and they are taken off the duty. So it also happens last minute. So there is a you know it's I would say this is they're juggling too many balls at the moment uh, at the frontline operations. And, and that's the reason why they're forced, literally. To, I mean, we are talking about a, not just a reduction of one or two routes or 10% reduction. This is a 25% reduction, reduction on the routes. So KMB is cutting 88 routes, which is almost one quarter of their routes. Wow. And then number of buses-wise, I think it will be coming down by 30 40%. So even more impact. Now, I know with the airlines, you've, you've always got the junior pilots have the worst blocks where they have to sit around being on, on call uh, just in case somebody gets sick and they have to step in. Do buses have something similar? And I, I guess normally it might be like 1% or 2% of their total driver workforce, and now, well, they, need, exactly now they need a lot bus, more, right? Yeah, not exactly, Andrew, because buses are operated by one person. There are no, not two persons there, so there's no co-pilot arrangement. But, <laughs> it, but having said that, buses do have senior driver and, and the normal driver, you know, the junior driver concept. So there are people who have driven buses for 30, 40 years. They're trained on, you know, multiple routes, and, and they are more, much more flexible in terms of deployment capability, whereas the junior drivers who have, or rookie drivers who have just joined in, they're trained for a very limited number of routes. They cannot be redeployed to other routes of flexibility, but those drivers is much less. They can't just throw a, a Google Maps in front of those guys and say, hey, you were driving route number five yesterday. Today you're driving 960 out to the new territories. I mean, is that, is that Well, it doesn't or? work that way, as no, you can that's imagine. And yeah. you must have seen in Hong Kong, bus drivers have to be very accurate on how they go from, let's say, uh, stopping at a bus stop and then moving into three, moving three lanes into the, the rightmost lane just to make a turn. And Google Maps, unfortunately, doesn't help with those. I mean, it works in many of the other cities where it is much less dense operation. 
But Hong Kong is a very dense uh, environment. Uh, our road spaces are very limited, and our bus sizes are quite big. So the bus operation, our bus drivers have to be quite accurate. So we, you know, bus companies normally not just uh, do a, a driving license, but they also do route training. So they need to know what is happening on the route, what are the road constraints, what are the turning issues, what are the black spots, uh, so that they don't cause uh, safety issues. And there's just no way they can have enough backup drivers on standby under these conditions. Are they calling older drivers back from retirement? Well, I'm sure they would be. I, I'm not um, completely aware, but I'm sure they would be. And, and there is always they call the older driver. Actually, there are a whole series of duties which are designed for older drivers, what we call retired drivers. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they fill in some of the gaps uh, during the peak hour services or sometimes there's a manpower shortage. Then you bring them in and they do like a part-time duty. So they're not on a full-time payroll, but they do they plug the gaps in between. Uh, but yes, I'm very sure they are doing more of that at the moment. But I think the, the problem is, you know, bus, bus companies were facing driver shortage anyway, even before pre-COVID. So that is a natural market shift. And now with COVID, it has just become totally worse and, and unmanageable. Right. And so I, I guess for the bus companies looking at, as you said, uh, we need to bring all the different parties to the table, uh, I, I guess, so they can plan. So if we cut this bus route, will it be covered by the MTR, uh, that higher level of coordination? Do minibuses fit into the, the GMBs and the red tops? Do they fit into this as well? Absolutely. And, and this is something that I wanted to mention, actually. So we are getting all this visibility about MTR and buses. And, and, and so all the press is talking about that. But nobody is talking about minibuses. And I think minibuses can play a fantastic role at the moment because they are smaller um, in services and they can plug a lot of these gaps. They are suffering, they are bleeding, you know, and they are suffering through the same same problems as the bigger bus operators. And I know a couple of minibus operators who are, um, and and they're not even supported through this big, and I mean, they don't have financiers, they don't have big banks, they don't have access to capital. So they are uh, much more uh, in a bad shape. What we can do is that as part of this coordinated response, minibuses are much more flexible for deployment, and they can, wherever there's a service disruption, we could be, should be able to deploy them. I mean, there are other countries around the world who have, I mean, let's say, for example, in London, when they were going through a public transport crisis, they switched to uh, a lot of these on-demand transit, which is like flexible bus routes. And on all you do on an app, you, you call for a service, and it gives you a pairing, and a, and a bus comes and picks you up. So it kind of combines these two. So you move away from fixed route to flexible routes, and that gives you a bit more resilience in the in the movement in the city. And I think those are certain mechanisms that Hong Kong needs to look at. Yeah. I think this is something we have been talking about even pre-COVID that Hong Kong should be looking at as a part of mobility as a service and those frameworks. But we have unfortunately delayed our our investments into those. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I guess we loosen regulations to allow uh, things like Uber and Lyft to operate. But I mean, when the taxis are all driving around empty, would it be very attractive? I mean, maybe not. Well, you will have the same issues with Uber and Lyft. I don't think uh, people would feel very comfortable. I mean, that's a shared gig economy. And even in the gig economy, yes, you can make more money. But possibly, I don't think people would like to get infected at this point of time. I'm sure. So when this kind of crisis hits, it hits the entire sector, including your Ubers and taxis, because everybody is afraid. So we've got a supply problem and a demand problem. I think we've got Lam Chun Singh on the line now uh, from, yes. the, from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions and a member of LegCo. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hello. 
Good morning. Uh, so, I, you know, your member, the members of your, your labor unions are, are taking the hit right now from COVID and, and not being able to make it into work. Can you give us an idea of how bad the situation is out there for them? Um, yeah, they, they face in a difficult time, I think, um, because under the pandemic situation and, and many people are infected and, and they need to stay at home and, and, and wait for a negative uh, uh, result so that they can uh, resume the work and also face the shortage of uh, manpower problem. I think uh, it's under the difficult time for many industries, for the workers. Yeah, but what, is, what are the unions doing to help these workers? Um, um, of, of course, we, we um, um, urge the government to um, provide assistance to them. Um, for example, in the sixth round of the virus fund uh, for the government, and the government will provide some assistance for uh, some of the workers in the Pacific uh, industry. And, and for example, and the, the, the government support the employees and individuals uh, who are working in the hard-hit business and frontline staff who have been made contribution uh, to anti-pandemic effort. And the government will provide a monthly allowance of uh, about $2,000 for a period of five months to each frontline, uh, for example, the cleaning worker, the security guard, and the frontline airport staff, and, and also the yeah. staff in the residential care home. But, sure. but I think... Yeah, but, but I think... But I think... Yeah, yeah, but, but we're, we're talking about transportation today, and I'm asking about the bus oh. drivers and the MTR workers. And we want to know, like, this is when the unions earn their union fees. What are they doing for the workers oh. now? Uh, yeah, 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 because uh, uh, during the fifth wave of pandemic situation, I think uh, the government announced it approved the five bus company to adjust their service from March uh, for about two weeks, including mm-hmm. the suspension of 104 routes. Yeah. And to, to a certain extent, I understand the public transport company decision because for the KMB, the bus company said that the more than 2,000 employees were unable to work due to the quarantine measures or positive test results. So some routes will be suspended or maintained with limited service. Sure. And for the MTR, uh, uh, under the fifth wave of pandemic situation, about more than 1,700 confirmed cases have been recorded, and together with the case where they were unable to work because their list as close contact or the mm-hmm. building yeah. where they live requirement, data retesting, the, the, I, I think it's a great challenge to the operation of the service. And now, today, uh, the MTR also adjusts their service. And so, uh, reflected uh, from our union member and the passengers, they need to wait for uh, about uh, three to five minutes longer than the current waiting time yeah. for the train. And it will bring, bring some inconvenience to some of the employees. They need to go to work, I think. Yeah, I mean, I took a big bus and an MTR and a minibus to get here today and was a little anxious that maybe I might have to wait longer. But, I mean... You know, it wasn't it wasn't a big tragedy. I know Alec Jane at the at the start of the show. You said that it was going to drive long term changes in behavior that could impact the transport companies. What is it? How does it make a big difference, really? Well, it, it just 
tells people to, at this moment to find some alternative. I mean, for example, let's say, you know, if, if I can't find a service to, let's say, go to a clinic or even a hospital, and if the buses are not there, then I'm inclined to move to use a private transport because that yeah. certainly becomes more attractive immediately. But, I mean, pri- private transport isn't really an option for most Hong Kongers. And, I mean, if, if all the transport all the transport options are down equally. I mean, they don't really have many other places to go. Will they not just go back to their old patterns? You know, it's a couple just of the messaging. Ago? I think in, in the past, we have always said that private transport is not important. Public transport is so reliable in Hong Kong, you, you are stupid if you really buy a phone car. But right now, the narrative is changing in people's mind, and everybody's saying, hey, you know, you know, it would be much better if we had our own car, then we don't have to worry about these mobility issues, which currently is becoming a challenge for many people. I mean, the problem is not about, you know, it, not about supply and the demand side. I think a few minutes here and there, everybody can, can accept. And as you said, your journey wasn't too bad this morning. Mm-hmm. But what is happening in many areas is a mismatch between supply and demand. So you have demand, but you don't have enough supply. And there are other areas where you have more supply and there is less demand. And that mismatch is actually causing a lot of friction. And people who are not able to get the services or who, or who are stranded for one reason or the other, I think these are the ones who then move away to other modes of transport. And this is exactly the kind of excuse we have seen in TFL. You know, as the TFL started to recover in London, uh, they had the same, you know, mayors came out and said, don't use public transport. Public transport can infect you. There are services cut down, etc., etc." And then as soon as they came back, now they are having a very hard time getting people back onto public transport system. And I think that's a cycle we will also go through. It will create a long-term damage, uh, both financially and as well as in planning terms for the city. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking of some of the small ferry companies because I know they, they've completely canceled routes uh, starting yeah. this week. Uh, Lam Chun Singh, do some of the unions under your umbrella organization uh, also represent the people working on the, on the ferry routes? Ferry route, I, be, uh, I think there's a little bit, but mainly on the... Um, um, the MTR or the bus uh, service, but but I think the government can uh, support, can provide more support to to the transportation company. Uh, for example, the MTR, uh, I think the government is the largest shareholder. Sure. They have this social responsibility to maintain the basic service uh, to the public, and also the government can support. The company, uh, uh, for example, uh, in the virus fight fund, does uh, provide a subsidy of uh, uh, one-off subsidy of uh, thirty thousand uh, per vehicle for each uh, bus or, or minibus or even ferry and tram, and also provide forty percent of the actual fuel and electricity costs for five months. Five months for the five uh, franchise bus company. I think. Uh, it can uh, it, it can relieve the financial burden of the transportation company, but if the pandemic situation continue, and they they still face uh, many difficulties, and maybe more subsidies should be provided to the bus company by the government. I guess I guess that's a real question: is you know who's really taking the hit? If I work for the MTR, and I miss a few days of work, I'm still going to get my monthly salary. Uh, yeah. Is the company going to take the hit at the top level, like as as a as a as a you know basically a hit to their balance sheet as a financial problem, or is it going to be that we're going to see people getting laid off completely from the bus and MTR companies? 
And then, you know, we talked a little bit about green minibus drivers. Those guys, for all I know, they're losing money every time they drive a route because they have so few passengers, I've noticed. Mm. Uh, Who is going to feel the hit the most? Because then that's where you want to target government efforts, if any. I mean, do either of you have a real clear idea about, you know, we have to help the minibus drivers or they're going to, you know, they're all going to go broke. Uh, Do we have to help the MTR because, I don't know, the shareholder, which is the government, is going to have a problem? I mean, where is the pain going to be felt the most? Is it the end well, of the I think yeah. the whole oh. sector, so, so this is this is a vicious circle, you know, it's a chain effect. In sure. the short term, it's the company which are hurting, but in the longer term, it is end of the day customers who will hurt because yeah. there won't be enough services and we won't be able to get around as easily as we always did. So it's a, it's a cyclical thing where you will also lose employees if it carries on for long term. People will go away from this sector, will not be as attractive. And, and of course, you know, and, and turning this around all around the world, has been very, very tough exercise, you know, changing, uh, making public transport attractive. And one of the easiest way for that was to throw more resources, run more frequent services, which Hong Kong was doing fantastically. I mean, we had one of the best services around the world. And now we are spiraling on the other side of the, you know, vicious circle where we are cutting services and people will start to go away from these services and we are making them unattractive. And I think that is really worrisome. Yeah. And I also need to add some porn for the, the frontline workers, especially the bus driver. Sure. And, and I think the government can provide uh, assistance to them because uh, they are the frontline workers. And, and the driver um, has the opportunity to contact thousands of passengers every day. They are high-risk frontline job, and, mm-hmm. and their monthly income of the driver is uh, reduced under the pandemic situation because of the cut of the service. So the government, I think, like the clean workers or the airport staff, the government can provide uh, monthly $2,000 uh, together with five months to them. And, and the final point that I, 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 I want to... I want to concern that the bus company, may, maybe I, I worry that they may take the opportunity to have a test on the reconstruction of the bus wood. Uh, for example, they, they, they suspend uh, more than 100 routes, and I'm afraid that after the pandemic situation, some of the routes may be permanently uh, suspend in the future. That's Which, what I worry about that, but, but right. I hope the bus company can have more communication with the stakeholder in the, com- uh, in the community. Yeah, so, so if, they're yeah. Sus- if they're permanently suspending routes after the uh, pandemic subsides, then, well, they yeah, they, then people back. will lose they will jobs. They will never recover. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, so, some of the passengers that worry about that. <laughs> so are the, so the, the, but I completely yeah. support Andrew on and, you know, where the public transport workers should be defined as a frontline worker or essential workers. This was done sure. all around the world. And I'm very surprised that in Hong Kong, while we consider cleaning workers as frontline workers or essential workers, we are not defining public transport frontline workers as essential workers. Okay. So that is something that we should be correcting very soon. And I completely support that idea which Mr. Lamb just mentioned, that they should be uh, given some level of um, encouragement, uh, whether it's a financial boost or something, because, you know, buses, bus drivers used to make a lot of money uh, Apart from the salary, they make money on the overtime that they were put into, you know, running the services. Sure. And now that extra money on overtimes and those things are gone completely. So yeah. they are taking not just the, uh, you know, 
they're not just exposed to a high-risk environment, they're also taking a lot of take-home pay. It's gone down significantly for so the bus operators. Can I, can, I, can I get clear on that? So do bus drivers for the big bus companies, do they get a monthly salary or do they get paid by the hour? No, so they have a monthly salary and then yeah. they have an overtime component. So usually the take-home pay is a combination of a fixed salary plus the extra duties that they do to earn overtime uh, right. on the system. And because of the labor shortages, everybody's been getting overtime. So they've kind of factored that in as part of their normal salary, right? They expect to get it every month, even though it's called overtime. Correct. Is that, but is it's that the fair? other way around, right? You know, initially, because buses are also facing an economic crisis. So they are trying to cut the overall cost. And hence, they have designed duties in such a way that that is reducing the overtime uh, for the bus drivers. Okay. Gotcha. So Lam Chun Singh, again, is this, is this something that the unions are going to be addressing on behalf of the workers? Are you, go, are you going to go toe-to-toe with the government to uh, fight for some, some more benefits? Yeah, yeah because, because uh, in the, uh, uh, the, the sixth round of virus fight fund and the government uh, provide uh, a temporary unemployment uh, allowance to uh, the, 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 the unemployed. But, but I'm afraid that most of the bus drivers cannot uh, uh, apply it because uh, they are not unemployed. Right. <laughs> the, the government provide temporary unemployment allowance for ten thousand to to the workers who are unemployed. But the bus driver, uh, they just decrease in the salary and and cut off work. And so uh, uh, we worry that most of the bus driver, although their salary decrease, but they cannot uh, apply the unemployment assistance. So so we we. We urge the government to regard the bus driver as the high-risk night job, like the airport staff, and provide direct allowance to them to relieve their financial burden. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did have one email uh, from somebody. It's not about buses and MTR, about the airlines. He just said, live update from Flight Rider this morning. CX, 17 airframes in the air. Qatar Airways, 127 airframes in the air. Hong Kong is an aviation hub. No more. So we, all, we always try to get all the emails in. Um, looking forward... Over the next month or so, if we do get into a situation where the government has mobility restrictions on the general population, how can we prepare for this? Or are the transportation companies and staff just going to have to take a hit? Is there any kind of way we can soften this blow? The only way is that we, we step in from, as I said, there are two crises right now. One is the crisis of economic or financial crisis for the bus operators and the train operators. Other one is a manpower crisis. And I think financial crisis, Hong Kong, possibly, we are very well positioned with our, uh, you know, surpluses and support. So government can step up and support these companies on the financial crisis end of it. At the human crisis level, the only way is that all the actors to come together and treat it as an emergency, treat it as a, as a crisis of the, of the, you know, for the city, and then respond in, in exactly those terms where transport department should be bringing all the operators to the table and make them work together. I mean, this is, there's no other way out of the current situation. This is not the time for, for us to work in silos. Lam Chun Singh, your, your organization, the Federation of Hong Kong Kelly and Labor Unions, is an umbrella organization with a lot of unions underneath it representing these workers. Any, any solutions for uh, a future uh, restriction on general movement? Uh, <laughs> and I, I think uh, for the whole Hong Kong, we... we uh, under the difficult time, but of course the most important thing is to carry out the universal testing as soon as possible and 
isolate confirmed cases and and control the fifth wave of pandemic situation immediately, so that the economy uh, and the economic activities can be resumed. Uh, as we can see, uh, last year uh, for the transportation sector, their benefit is is, is quite good. I think, um, um, although we we cannot go to other countries, we, we need to have quarantine management uh, measures. But uh, within Hong Kong, uh, many people will travel, vacation, go to the ocean park, the Sleeland. So, sure. so it, within Hong Kong, I think uh, uh, if we can control the uh, uh, pandemic situation and become stable, I think the local transportation company can, can, can have uh, some benefit and can continue to operate. All right. I guess the people of Hong Kong are going to have to be a little more patient the next little while. I want to thank our guests today, Alok Jane, Managing Director, Trans Consult Limited, and Lam Chun Singh, lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions. And thanks to you, the listeners, uh, including the one, uh, Richard, that sent in our email today. I always want to thank our producer today is Christy Lai and my number one man in the sound booth, James. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody, make sure you tune in on Monday because Jim Gould and Mike Rouse are going to be back hitting the hot topics with hot guests. And is it going to be a hot weekend? Looking at the weather, today is uh, going to become fine. Warm during the day with a maximum temperature of around 26 degrees and even higher in the new territories. Looking at the rest of the weekend, warm and misty in the next couple of days. Nice for you romantics. A few rain patches on Monday morning, and then it's going to become fine and dry to kick off next week. For a safe and healthy living environment, Owners should not alter the drainage systems of buildings on their own. They must ensure proper maintenance of drainage pipes and should appoint qualified professionals or contractors for regular inspection and arrange early repair if seepage or defects are found. They may apply for loans or subsidies from the Buildings Department and the Urban Renewal Authority. Visit bd.gov.hk for details. The time is now 9.32, and now the news with Andrew Chorofsky. Hong Kong reported more than 56,000 new COVID cases yesterday, another daily record, as the number of total deaths from the continuing wave of infections surged past the 1,000 mark. A senior mainland health official says he's in Hong Kong only to give advice, but the SAR government will make all decisions. Liang Wenyan from the National Health Commission has been in the SAR since Monday. He told reporters he can't make exact recommendations yet because he's still learning about the local situation. And overseas, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has given a strident defense of his country's military operation in Ukraine, saying the campaign was on schedule and going to plan. Mr. Putin made a series of allegations against Ukrainian forces for which he did not provide evidence. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Hello. Not too bad at all. Good morning. Be up spotted. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me? Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning and welcome to Friday, it's the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. Well, we got more excellent new Made in Hong Kong music for you at 1010 today. Courtesy of producer and musician Mark Rawson. You've got to listen out today for tracks from Minor, DJ Star, 
HK. Zach Calixus, Master Ming and the Mooncakes, Benzine and Beat Friday. Then it's Danny Hicks with this week's Sports and All. Paralympic starts this evening. Some very sad and some very happy news from the world of cricket in Australia. And of course, anything you'd like to chip in with as well, we will be on Facebook Live. Morning Brew is the page. And after 12, our contribution to World Obesity Day as it's marshy movie time. Join Captain Couch for a look at this week's streaming hits and misses. And both our boys this morning will be on Facebook Live. <laughs> 